0: Welcome back to another episode of Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy, Into the Night. One screen time per episode. Once again, I am your host, Sean German, and with me is... Brian German. And we are from Scrooge by the Ghost. And we are here to talk about Minute 103, 103 of the movie Into the Night. And this movie consists of Michelle Pfeiffer with a gun uh, to the side of her head, being held by one of our Iranian hitmen, while uh, Jeff Goldblum takes control. This is a, a heavy Jeff Goldblum minute. And, uh, and he's acting. He's doing some of that acting thing that we've heard so much about. Yes, and this is—I uh, think all yeah—all the dialogue this minute is from Mister Goldblum, with the exception of the sound of uh, guns being clocked or cocked. But otherwise, it's it's all Jeff, and he is laying out—he's um, laying out his story. You know, he's like, "What's what's going on? What's wrong with my life?" And he's putting it on. Um, on our hitman here, on the bad guy saying, you know, what are you going to do? What do you got going on, maniac?
1: Yeah, he's in such a low point here that he's, he's asking the, the hitman for advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and as, you, as you said yesterday, Brian, you were talking about the, the kind of turn mm-hmm. in this character who has been kind of so passive and just kind of doing what Diana tells him and not stepping up and now he is this is the minute where the you know he's been pushed as far as he can go. a line has been crossed and he's he's stepping up figuratively and literally mm-hmm. um, approaching this gunman. and this is one of this is sort of a, a trope. it's it's something I don't even um, I barely even get annoyed by it anymore because it's so common and I know it's going to happen where, um, in the midst of mayhem and the firefight and everything else going on, one character just starts talking and then nobody else does anything. Everyone is just standing around watching this guy talk. And obviously, I I think it's obvious. I don't think police would actually do this. Um, you know, let this guy kind of just step into the, the center of, of, this action and just start monologuing the way he does but it's you know it's the movies it's hollywood right it's, you know it, 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 it's what happens, right
1: yeah i mean you know it's possible one of the, the, the police may try to talk to him but to just have who they they don't know who he is um or maybe they do i, I you know that i'm maybe you could shed some light on this do they know who uh Ed is here yeah. I mean, they have been following,
0: and they did. That's yeah. I, I don't know the. I guess it depends on the level of coordination. So there are there are agents. So the 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 kind of the uh, the people that were under uh, undercover, particularly there was like the guy that was pushing the woman, the the sky cap who was pushing the woman in the wheelchair, and, and so forth. So the feds that were undercover have been following this pair for some time, and they're in on it, and they. Um, They, you know, they know who Ed is. At least, you know, I don't know what the level of technology is for like running a background check or what the level of technology was in 1985. Would they know his life story? Do they know where he works and where he lives and all that? Maybe not. But they know he's with Michelle Pfeiffer. He knows they're involved with, or they'll know he's involved with the whole Emerald thing with Shaheen and all that. So the feds kind of know. The, the, how this how this guy is involved in this other th- you know in the whole thing have they had an opportunity to communicate mm-hmm. that to the the airport security i and i'm not sure if it's airport security or just like the local la cops but there's clearly there's some uniformed officers that are not um, i'm assuming not with the fbi they're not federal agents um, I guess there'd have to be some clearance or coordination. Mm-hmm. Like the feds don't just go into an airport with guns; they kind of alert the local authorities. But um, I, I got to think for at least some of uh, some of these uh, members of law enforcement, they got to just be like, "What? What the heck? Like this has got to be very confusing. Who is this guy? Just standing in the middle of thing? Like isn't he worried about getting shot? What is he talking about? Like it, it seems like they would be very confused, right?" Right. Yes, I agree, but you know it's okay. the movies. But yeah, it, it's it's the movies. So we'll allow a certain bit, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and well, the the I think that's the first dialogue or one of the first lines in in the minute is Jeff addressing directly the bad guy, saying, "Big shot, you got a gun. Now what?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, and
1: again, the, the Jeff Goldblum from the beginning of this movie would not be doing this.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you, yeah. That guy in the beginning who, yeah, who couldn't even confront his own wife about her infidelities or her taste in ice cream. Right. Um, is now, is now in this situation where most people would excuse him if he said, if he ducked out and said, I'm, I don't want to get involved in this. But no, he's, he is stepping up. Uh, yes. Um, and, and even calls the guy a maniac. And I think if, if someone has a gun and you don't have a gun, maybe, you know, usually not the time you want name calling, particularly if, if they're, you know, even if they're not pointing the gun at you, they're pointing at, at someone you potentially care about in a threatening right. manner. Maybe not the time for, uh, for name calling. That's, that's a good point. But this is, you know, this is Jeff Goldblum. He doesn't, he know. He doesn't play by the same rules as you or I, (laughs) you or me, you know, he's, he's doing his own thing. That's Um, right. And he's, and now, go ahead. ahead. I I was going to say
1: with the, the shots with Michelle Pfeiffer, I do like how they're, they're really tight and some unique angles. I I did find the way they shot her uh, to be interesting. I believe they're most they're very tight close-ups on most of them. If I'm remembering correctly, as I'm watching this minute again,
0: yeah, they they do, and uh, probably the cinematography as much as the direction to build up the tension. Those tight shots. There's some that are straight on where we just see we see Michelle, we see the gun, we see the gunman behind her. But um, in addition to like the the, the traditional more traditional straight on shots there's some where we get a very low angle Mm -hmm. where you, I I imagine the cameraman on his knees at, at the feet, you know, looking right up and we get, um, you know, we get the look in their eyes. We get the sweat on the brow of the gunman. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, great acting here Um, without this. Yes. Yeah. Without saying a word, particularly her eyes, like this looks like a woman who is, who is scared. I see fear in her eyes. Um, and yeah, we get those shots where, um, I think, yeah, I think that angle where we're below and we're looking up, um, into their faces, um, just kind of heightens, heightens the tension and the suspense <laughs> of, um, yeah, like it, it, I feel constricted. I feel tightened. Like, okay, what's, what's going to happen? Everyone here they've got, um, you know, the, the people that have guns have their finger on the trigger and, um, you know, it seems like one wrong move because, you know, if any of these people hear a gunshot, they're just going to start firing, you mm-hmm. know, or if a car drives past and backfires, like any kind of loud noise, everyone is on edge. And, and actually a pretty good job. I got to hand it to uh, to Landis and everyone else involved here. I, I did feel the tension in this minute. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: I, I agree. As I said, I thought the location was a little boring, and but that's really – ratchets up the tension and and I think is well shot no pun intended
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so then so Jeff Goldblum is now turning to turning to his enemy turning to the bad guy the guy who's got a, the gun to Michelle's head and he's asking him for advice let me ask you something maybe you can help me <laughs> what's wrong with my life <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's it's funny i mean it's it's a dark comedy it's funny yeah i gotta admit like this this yeah for (laughs) it's not all bad this is winning me over i did get uh, there you go this is what it this Um, is what it took (laughs) this yeah so i mean this minute in the swings like you know so i was just saying how like i felt the tension and and you know everything is is hot and sweaty and and Intense and constricted and then all of a sudden it's just <laughs> and the note I have is just run with four exclamation or five exclamation points for right. for this gunman if every if you're ever in a situation where someone turns to you like like Goldblum has here and says what's wrong with my life <laughs> just that's that's not a conversation you want to be part of just Right. It's so messed up. He's got it. Well, we'll get to that the next minute, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll get to, uh, to what's going to happen next minute. But I guess it's just, um, yeah. And it, it's, I guess it's, it, it's kind of funny in the unexpectedness. Like, I don't, you know, you kind of what, as a gunman, what do you expect when you take a hostage in this situation? What do you expect to happen? Whatever it is, it's not. To- <laughs> Yes, it's not a middle aged man asking for life advice. Right. Um, and I, I think that plays, that plays to Jeff's advantage. Just the, the, that it is something different. It is, unexpected. it's a curveball. It's, it's a curveball. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those times where it's, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this movie, and there's been, um, some discussion of you, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, is she a femme fatale? Is she the damsel in distress? You know, kind of what, what role is she playing in, in this as a, you know, a, a noir movie? Um, mm-hmm. But it's also a, a sort of, to a large extent, a fish out of water tale. Just that this is, um, you know, a lot of these people, you know, these gangsters and henchmen and, and criminals of various stripes and uh, con men and women and all sorts. And, and this is not a world that Jeff Goldblum knows about. So he's no. he's the fish out of water, which sometimes can you leave you lost. And sometimes it's an advantage where you don't do the thing that the person, you know, the person accustomed to the situation, you're not doing what they're going to do. He's not reacting the way a police officer or federal agent might react. He's not acting the way a rival bad guy would act. He's acting right. in a in a uniquely Goldblum fashion. Mm-hmm. And it is to That's his. That's true. Um to his advantage. Yes. Because
1: I think in a in a more conventional movie or character, he'd be looking to somehow – and we've probably seen it in, in tons of movies – somehow physically make a move on the henchman here. Um, so, sort of talking to him and inching closer to do something physically. I do not get that from this here. I get that he is really a desperate man speaking to him.
0: Right. Right. Well, yeah, cuz I guess the um like the usual play if you're kind of going by the book would be you do the like, "Oh, point the gun at me." You know, don't point it at her, like try right. you want to you want to distract the gunman from the person you're trying to protect from danger and you'd say like, "Okay, look at me. Point the gun at me." Maybe you like offer to do a swap. You can take me hostage and and we'll go and we'll, you know, Will get away and you know just let the woman go kind of thing, Um which I don't. Yeah, I I mean I don't get that impression that that's what Jeff's doing here, like or at least consciously. Obviously, he is distracting the gunman from um, from from the immediate moment, but it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 done in such an odd way, an unexpected <laughs> way that it it almost yeah this is almost like. Jeff doesn't see the guns at all. This is kind of like if you're, you're at the airport bar and some weary traveler just slumps down on the stool behind you, you know, orders a double and then, you know, starts pouring out his heart. Oh, what's, what's wrong with my life? My wife's cheating on me. Why, why, why? Like that it almost belongs in that, you know, in that, um, tableau or that scene at the airport bar or someplace else rather than in this situation where, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to fit at all. Um, no. Yeah.
1: But and, and you're right, in a more macho move it would be point the gun at me, take me. He'd be trying to switch the switch him into where she is, you know, so it would swap the the hostage here.
0: Right. So it's om- yeah, but it, it kind of plays into um, you know, it, it plays into the situation by doing the wrong thing. He's kind of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. If he, I think, if he, you know, if he said those things, the kind of the 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 usual things. If he tried to, you know, if he said, you know, don't think about her, look at me, point the gun at me, focus mm-hmm. on me. Um, I don't know if he could do it convincingly. Because he's not, he's not a practiced gangster or a law enforcement officer. He's not used to guns and everything. I think it worked, you know, he, he achieves that goal by, by not trying to achieve the goal, by just kind Mm -hmm. of ignoring the situation and ignoring everyone else. For, for once, he is not, you know, he's not acting for someone else. He's not either reacting to something they've done or trying to do what he thinks they want him to do. He's just like, I feel like pouring my heart out. I'm going to do what Mm -hmm. I want to do. And I'm ignoring all the craziness that goes on around me. Right. Um, Now, so what – And I I think it's fair. I think other people have kind of described this as sort of a – in in the film noir style, um, which is a style that is associated with – heavily associated with Los Angeles where this occurs – um are you a, are you a noir fan and do you think that this fits in with that genre? I uh,
1: I'm not particularly a noir fan. Um it, does it fit in? Yeah, I, I suppose it does. I but I don't see it and, and maybe I need to watch uh more film noir, but mm-hmm. I don't see it. I, again, I see it more as as that crazy night type of movie. Um Yeah. Yeah, maybe because I did just watch it a few years ago. That could be part of it that I was. I've just seen so many other things or things sort of in the same genre. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm the same. Where I'm, I'm not a huge noir fan. I, you know, I can't run down dozens of movies. There's obvious some some obvious great You know, Double Indemnity. Um, and dark passage and, 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 and things like that. So there are a few traditional, you know, the kind of the old timey black and white noir that, that I like. Um, and I, I, I think you, you're a good point. Like it's certainly this, this fulfills a lot of, um, it kind of checks a lot of the boxes in terms of, of what makes a noir film. But I think it, it deviates in this part. I don't know if this really fits into, and I'm I'm not an expert, so again, listeners, please chime in and let us know where we're going off the track. <laughs> if you agree, or or if you know otherwise, but this is this is very out of character for your traditional noir leading leading man or leading woman to have this kind of moment. Now, certainly, it's it's not uncommon. So there's in in the noir tro- tropes, there's you know, there's there's the femme fatale who kind of portrays herself in the beginning as a damsel in distress and then the leading man comes in to save her and then she turns into the femme fatale and then at some point uh usually the leading man realizes he's been had that he kind of fell for the you know he this this woman used her um her charms against him and there's some kind of turn but um but this kind of moment of kind of self-reflection i don't know if he's quite I think, um, I think there is a bit of a breakthrough, just not that, not that Goldblum has found any answers yet, but he's at the point where he's asking the questions, which is a big breakthrough for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and it almost seems, um, it's like, it's, uh, I'm trying to think how to word it. Like, it's not because of Michelle Pfeiffer. It's not because of the femme fatale, um, you know, usually at the end of, you know, usually it's kind of like at the end of like double indemnity where the guy's like, Oh, um, you know, I've been set up. I've been done in this woman that I thought was a good thing turned out to be a bad thing. And this is almost like aside from that where, where Jeff Goldblum is coming to these realizations on his own about his own life. It's not that he realizes, Oh, you know, that this woman's been using me all through this night. To try to whatever to protect herself or to get away or you know just use me as a decoy so the bad guys are looking at me and not her for whatever like it's not she's not um,
1: she's not the catalyst to get him to change she's doing it from himself
0: right right yeah yeah so I right, think yes. yeah it's kind of different from the traditional noir at least as I understand it in in that respect like this you know I can't imagine. Um, you know, I I can't imagine Humphrey Bogart or you know, one one of those you know, leading men from the 40s and 50s giving this kind of speech at the you know, the the culmination of one of their movies, like this kind of thing. Like, this is, um, yeah, just you know, I can't imagine this. This is you know, kind of marks it as a different kind of performance and a different kind Mm -hmm. of movie that you know, maybe has some aspects of these other movies, but it is a a different kind of thing. And it is kind of like he had to go through this, this adventure, this crazy night to kind of, to get to the point where he can start, start asking these questions.
1: Yeah. And, and I think he knows, I think he's in this night for himself. Um, I mean, there could be some, you know, I never actually got the sense that he was, I really wanted to pursue like a romantic relationship with her. I it, it, it always I always questioned it almost even watching um that he was there for just just for her. There could be part of partly for her. Uh did you get that idea? Did you get the idea he was just head over heels and whatever she wants he's doing?
0: Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't really get that and I think you're yeah, I think you're right because now, you know, obviously um Obviously, M- Michelle Pfeiffer is an attractive woman, and I believe she's playing, uh, the, the character is supposed to be an attractive woman, um, mm-hmm. that, that she's playing in this movie. But yeah, it's, um, and, and me, you know, maybe it's partially because of the, this emotional numbness from the insomnia and the lack of sleep. Maybe he's, um, you know, maybe it tells us something about the kind of man Jeff Goldblum is playing. That even though his wife is cheating, he is still married, and he isn't necessarily going to go just cheat on her because she cheated on him. You know, it's not you know he's not looking for like a get revenge or tit for tat. That he is, um, he has some interest in her as a person. You know, he he kind of asks like you know he does ask some questions um, of her, particularly early on. When when they first meet, but yeah, it isn't yeah, it isn't a a traditional romance because again, usually you know, kind of the the noir trope trope would be, um, for the the femme fatale to be well, help you know, help me kill my husband, help me get rid of my husband, right, and then we'll run away together, right. And there's yeah, there's there's none of that. There's no, it's never said. There isn't even an implication that oh, you know, if you. Yeah, there's there's yeah, there's no promise that if um yeah, if if Jeff Goldblum helps Diana pawn off these um you know these emeralds and get any money, there's no talk of um yeah, we'll run away together or anything like that. Right. Yeah, that, see this this movie is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I go You're coming that coming around to it. You're it's, coming around. To I'm, it. I am. I'm coming. It does have its charms. I will say
1: that it does have its charms. And so yeah, that's that's all I've got with this minute.
0: Yeah. So in particular, so right at the very end, I think it's the last line that we get from Goldbloom is why can't I sleep? And mm-hmm. you know this, <laughs> no one's going to be able to answer that question for you, Jeff. You got to right. you got to answer that for yourself. And,
1: uh, yeah, and that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's one of, one of life's vexing questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that are all my notes for minute one Oh three. So, yes. uh, we'll bring on a home. So, uh, listeners, if you, if you have anything to say, if you have, you know, if you have trouble sleeping and you want to ask us why, uh, you can chime in, come on down to the old, uh, the Facebook where we are at the King Lives Listener Limo. That's our Facebook group. We are also on Twitter at Nightminute. Um, you can also find us on um, this new thing they're calling the World Wide Web, where we are at nightminute.com. Love that domain name, Jim. Good job there. And uh, of course, you can always find the Into the Night podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Um, so, yeah. So, come on back tomorrow and we will do it more and more time on into the night minute do we thank you or what i say i fall in the or what category